right, we're ready to roll. Welcome in, everybody. Let's welcome in Doc as well. What's going on, man? Hey, Ben. How are you? How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm excited for for this. Well, there there it is, live on air. You see, yeah, we have a new sign. You like that? That's first class, isn't it? I like that. First class. I like that. I don't see Atomic Habits uh, behind you, but uh, Atomic Habits by James Clear was a uh, was a it's a it's a very popular book right now, uh, as it has been this time of year, the last couple of years. And I know you reread it recently and and talked a little bit about it on your podcast. Uh, but I don't see it. Is it up there somewhere? You probably it's probably by uh, your nightstand. No, I think it's upstairs. But uh, um, but, well, uh, man, how's how's the day going book. so far? It's going great, you know. Glad to be here. I'm um, glad to be back at work today after a week off. So it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, saw a lot of patients and we had a good time. Are you growing your beard out? Well, you see my face, how red it is. Uh, I told a lot of my patients today that I got, I got shot with a, a, uh, a pellet gun all over my face. But uh, no, actually, um, I haven't shaved right here because every year, right after Christmas, I put this cream on my face to kind of burn the actinic keratosis off my face, the sun damage. So it looks awful for a couple of weeks. I mean, I don't know if you can tell or not. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of red, scabby stuff. So I always put this um, compounded mix of uh, 5-FU and calpositrine, I think is how you say it, but... It's pretty effective in, in clearing that stuff off. Um, so I always kind of suffer for a couple of weeks as far as what I look like. Is know. it? <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't, sh- I didn't, hasn't, haven't shaved yet. Uh, can, so, can you shave while you do this or do you have to, or do you have to? It could, uh, but it hurt. It would hurt. Okay. So your face is scab. It scabs up. It really scabs up. You look like a lobster for a couple of weeks. Well, it, it's actually, I, I'm really glad, uh, you brought this up and I didn't realize that's why you hadn't shaved. I can't tell, uh, that much now that, now that I look a little closer, I can, I can see some of the red spots there, but, uh, guys, if you have any questions around five FU, this is something that doc does every year for, um, for his skin. He can detail it for he's right in this, in the middle of it as, as you can see. Um, so y'all can ask questions if, if you have any questions about that, uh, doc, you ready to get into the show? Yeah, sure. All right, we're going to jump in here, guys. Uh, if you have a question for Dr. Rogers, we get to live uh, live questions uh, here in the latter part of the show. Go ahead and put those in the comments. Uh, we're going to start with a – this is a fun one because we've we've talked a lot about LDN, um, and I'm not sure I've heard you talk about it uh, along with leaky gut. Um, so the question is, how does LDN help with leaky gut if it does? You know, low-dose naltrexone, it's kind of an odd way, it, the mechanism that it works. I use it really more for autoimmune diseases like Hashimoto's and um, MS, um, uh, lupus, um, inflammatory bowel diseases, which are usually autoimmune like ulcerative colitis and um, Crohn's. And, you know, which really come mostly from leaky gut. Leaky gut kind of starts it out. Um, so maybe if we used LDN early for a leaky gut, it may prevent 
um, that autoimmune turning on yourself um, disease that can develop. So in that manner, you know, it probably would help a leaky gut, but um, it kind of tricks your brain into, into releasing its own endorphins, which help inflammation. It's really an inflammatory fighter mm. is what I, I think of it as. Um, and, you know, it's really at high doses, naltrexone blocks the effects of opiates. At low dose, doses, um, it kind of tricks your brain into releasing its own endorphins. Um, but it doesn't cause many side effects at all. The only thing I ever hear about it is maybe causes more dreams, vivid dreams, which really means you're getting more REM sleep. Um, so REM sleep's very important. I'm going to really focus a lot this year on my own sleep habits. Um, you know, I think, I, th I think really healthy guts and healthy sleep habits may be the most important part of your health. I was thinking about that over the weekend. If you have a healthy gut and you have great sleep habits and you're getting good restorative sleep, you're probably going to be pretty healthy. Mm. Um, you really are. I mean, healthy gut means eating the right kinds of foods for you. And sleep is where we, we kind of act, activate that autophagy, that repair process. And so I think those are two things everybody that's listening and all my patients need to think about this year is healthy gut, great sleep patterns. Mm. Um, so that's, that's, that'll be our mantra this year for 2023. I really just thought of that, but um, certainly that's what I'm going to focus on, especially since I went through all those gut problems I had um, last year, you know, after falling about of a very mild case of COVID. Um, at the same time, I'd had to go on some steroids and antibiotics. Uh, so um, knock on wood. Yeah, you know. it, it's super interesting you mentioned that around. I, I love that mantra, by the way. Uh, so guys, uh, we're going to be talking more about that. So I, I think in the performance uh, medicine show community here, healthy guts and sleep patterns. And I think Dr. Andrew Hubberman talks really I love the way he talks around sleep, and, and uh, it seems to me that one of the keys is is getting sunlight first thing. So, like, going outside, and, and, and even on a cloudy day, there's still sunlight, um, even if you don't think it's there. But that kind of sets the circadian rhythm, and I think that's going to help, or I think that's supposed to help you go to sleep. Um, so... Uh, so, guys, that's what we'll be, we're going to be talking about, that 2023 uh, healthy guts and healthy sleep patterns. Did I say that right, Doc? You did. You did. I was listening to a great podcast this weekend. Dr. Atiyah mm -hmm. uh, had a well-known uh, neurologist on with him from uh, one of the Ivy League schools. Um, I think it was Cornell. But she was talking about the neurodegenerative diseases like that we're seeing so much of now, uh, not only Alzheimer's, but Parkinson's. There's been a huge uh, increase in the rate of Parkinson's in the last 20 years. And certainly we've seen a lot of it. And the other degenerative, neurodegenerative diseases like uh, Lewy body dementia, 
um, ALS, um, frontal temporal lobe syndrome. Um, but anyway, um, she made a very interesting comment that I really remembered. And that she said, if you have this disorder, it's of REM sleep. Um, I forgot exactly what she termed it, but basically, um, it's an interference of your REM sleep where you kind of act out your dreams, like where you, you know, you start hitting your spouse or, you know, you'll sleepwalk or you really very fitful acting out dreams. Um, if you have that, you've got like a 90% risk of getting a neurodegenerative disease, especially Parkinson's. Wow. That is scary. That is. Um, that's really scary. I wonder and if she stood by this pretty strongly. Um, I, I'm assuming there's nothing. Can you, is there anything you can do for that? Like if you. If that was, you that's, that's what Dr. Atiyah said. Yeah, she said you need to figure it out. You know, first, of course, start with a, a sleep study and figure out, you know, track your REM. And a lot of it has to do with the observation of your partner, bed partner. And certainly, you know, I think so. You know, no, nobody's ever really looked at that in detail. Um, well, there will be now because those are two famous people that were talking about it. And certainly um, you can get your sleep patterns in line. Um, you know, whether it takes medications like LDN, like we're talking about, which definitely helps your REM sleep. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. I, I uh, want, so, oh, I wonder if when you say track your REM, does it matter at what point in the night you're in REM? Like, is that what tracking it means, or just a matter of how much you're getting? Mostly how much. Okay. You, know, you can you can do it with your aura ring, like I have, or your Whoop band. Um, you know, there's several devices that will track it for you. Um, but it's really important. The REM sleep is really important. It, it's a, it's a deep sleep. It's a deep restorative sleep. You know, that's where you get your, your growth processes going. Like repair. I, I haven't listened to the podcast with Dr. Atia, but it seems to me that if you're in that deep sleep where you're kind of acting out your dreams, that to me would seem like you're in a really deep sleep and that would be a good thing. But it seems the way they're talking about it is that it's a bad thing. Apparently it's not. That's interesting. Um, it's not normal REM sleep. It's mm. not that common. Okay. It's not, it's not that common. Um, I, I see Julie Ray's got a great question. We're going to get to that. Uh, Sue, happy new year to you. Stan, I see your question around type 2 diabetes. That's a great question. Um, let's get to this next one here. Uh, came in over email. Um, if you have insulin resistance but have had pancreatitis before, should you avoid a high-fat, low-carb diet? Of course, the high-fat, low-carb diet is something you talk a lot about and we all know you're a big proponent of. Um, what's your thoughts on this? Well, if you have insulin resistance or prediabetes, you definitely need a low-carb diet. And it depends on what caused the pancreatitis. Um whether it was gallstone pancreatitis, whether it was um, caused by alcohol. I mean, there's a lot of triggers. 
Um, so not necessarily, you don't necessarily need to avoid a high fat, low carb diet in that situation. Um, but it'd be nice to figure out why you had pancreatitis. It could have been from high triglycerides. That's a common cause of pancreatitis. Mm. And, and those people, you know, they probably should, um, eat less fats. Um, maybe instead of high fat, moderate fat, but still low carb. Mm. moderate protein. So it's a great question. Uh, so not necessarily one thing about if you've had pancreatitis, you, you should not use some of the tools we have to help diabetes and weight loss like Ozempic and Mongero, uh, which are great tools. We, those, those should be the drugs of the decade for sure. And that um, is kind of timely here. I just got a notification on uh, Facebook, got a message saying, tell me about ribelsis for weight loss, which is in that same category. Um, so I, yeah. I, I want to make sure we get to this. Um, so can you tell us a little bit, Doc, around uh, about ribelsis for weight loss? Uh, this is for somebody that has struggled with Mongero. Yeah, well, ribelsis is just an oral form of ozempic semiglutide. So that's, mm. that's what it is. Mm. I don't think it works as well for weight loss um, as Ozempic does. Um, but it's a daily pill that you take. You got to, you got to take it with just first thing in the morning on an empty stomach, just to get it down with a tiny bit of water because uh, it kind of sticks on your stomach. And that's because if you flush it through with too much water, it won't work. Um, you know, it still cause a little nausea, but, um, it's a good medication. Mm -hmm. Most of my patients prefer the once a week shot seems to work a little better, but um, in some cases, like if you're on Medicare, they won't cover Ozempic, but they may cover Ribelsis. Um, and you know, it's weird. Some people, um, I had several cases today um, where Mongero had one case where Mongero um, worked great when Ozempic didn't do a thing. Another, another case where, Mongero didn't do a thing and Ozempic worked better. So everybody's a little bit different. Mongero um, has another little added ingredient. So, I mean, it's just kind of what you, you respond to the best. So if, if you take one of them and it doesn't work, you might want to try the other one. Hmm. Um, but, you know, of course you need to come in and talk to us about it. Um, these are prescription medicines that sometimes require prior approval. The only problem with these medicines is besides the nausea is getting it covered by insurance. And there's hope that um, there's going to be some relief from that for weight loss and not just having to be a diabetic to use those medications. So, um, Great question there. And thank you for, for, uh, for sending that in through Facebook. Um, let's get to this one. And, and I had not heard of this uh, when this came over email. Um, what are biophilia workouts and what are health benefits of biophilia workouts? Um, do you have you heard of this before? How do you? Yeah, heard? it just means you work out outdoors. Really? Um, yeah, you're working out outside, huh. um, which is supposed to just help you breathe better, just feel better because you're outside. I mean, there's a lot of good good things to it. I mean, if if the weather's fine and you can kind of connect with the earth. You're breathing in that fresh air. 
you know, not just outside in LA or somewhere, <laughs> maybe not even Kingsport, but um, out in the woods oh. and green spaces where you have all the plants. That's another good reason you should put plants in your house. Yeah. Because it helps you breathe better. It makes the air cleaner. So, and the other thing about that is something I've been doing. Um, it's called earthing or grounding. And that's where you connect with the earth. As a matter of fact, I told you that I had uh, bought a, a grounding mattress pad and also grounding pillow covers where you hook it into a grounding outlet uh, in your electrical outlet. And it, it really is, it's complex. You know, I've got through reading a book on it about a month ago and I've always heard about it how you should walk barefoot on the grass because when we wear rubber shoes, it really takes all that connectivity from the earth to your body out. Uh, same thing with sleeping on a mattress. I mean, people were healthier when they walked in the dirt and when they slept on the dirt, really. And it all has to do with um, electrons. You know, we're, we're, we're electrical creatures, really. I mean, we've got all these uh, this thing, complex biochemical thing in our body called the electro, electron transport chain. And a lot of chemical reactions depend on charges, you know, these, these electrons flying around. And that's, what, that's how oxidative stress gets going is all these free electrons going around. And it turns out that the Earth... Um, has a lot of the um, these electrons. The Earth has a negative charge. Your body has a positive charge. So you're hmm. in your body because of so even just sunlight can cause a lot of free radical damage to your skin. So can bad food. So if you have a lot of these free radicals that are scavenging your your cells. Uh, your cells, the mitochondria won't work right. Um, it gets kind of complex, but basically what grounding does is kind of uh, sends these negative charges into your body to uh, round up all these free radicals that are damaging your body through inflammation. So there's a great book on earthing. Um, if you read it, it's a, it's a really important discovery. Um, and that's why I, I spent $500 getting grounded. I'm certainly going to, you know, walk more in shoes that don't have rubber on them, like hmm. moccasins and bare feet if you can and on, on the earth. I mean, it's, it's not hokey. It really is a big thing. What's um, that? So that, that can kind of go along with it, working outdoors, preferably in, you know, earthing shoes, moccasins, or your bare feet. Um, what, what's the book? Do you, do you know the, or do you remember the, remember the title of the book? Uh, just in case people are, uh, I've got it upstairs. I, I'll get Jenny to bring it down, but okay. it's called earthing. It's called which earthing. Is another earthing, which is another word for grounding. Mm. And, um, I, I actually read that book and it convinced me enough to try it. And I've talked to a lot of people who do this and they say they're, they're, back and their joints feel a lot better once they start doing this. Yeah. Um, but the biophilia workouts are kind of, they, 
they hold to that promise plus the fact that you're breathing better air and you're out in the sun. Here it is. Thank you. Nice. Uh, looking at Can you interesting. See that? Interesting. Yeah, that's super it's a fascinating. Great look. I've um one of our one of our friends um used to ground uh outside his house and I want to say there was like um probiotics in the dirt as well like there was there he, are. Yeah. he he would uh he would use it for the probiotic and it, it's it's really fascinating stuff uh there there it is i see uh Cindy put in the the um the book title as well as Katie uh the book earthing um super interesting Clint, Clinton Ober Ober cool yeah and, and yeah. um really fascinating um uh, thank you for yeah. sharing that um, really interesting. A lot, a lot of really intelligent people that I know, they they do grounding. Yeah. Uh, fascinating stuff. And uh, guys, what what that's going to signal to to uh, to everyone in here live uh, with us is go ahead and put your question in for Doc. Um, that's that's all the questions that came in throughout the week. If I missed a question, if you sent in a question and I didn't get to it, um, I'm kind of got my eyes on my email right now as well so um so go ahead and send in your question or just re, uh ping me again uh i apologize in advance if i've missed anybody um so go let's go ahead and put questions in the comments uh doc we're gonna we're gonna get to these here uh super cool i'm seeing a lot of new uh new names thank you guys so much for for hanging out with us um happy new year happy new year to everybody uh, excited to bring in 2023 uh, with everyone in here. Um, all right, let's start with, uh, I just want to put this up so you can see from Robert. Uh, Robert uh, takes the podcast with him on the road. Uh, thank you for that, Robert, and hanging well, out. Thank with you. Thank you. Yeah, we, you know, we spend a lot of time researching this stuff. The one I did today, I particularly liked um, on habits and behaviors I always like to do something like that to start the new year because, you know, when you're a family doc, you see a lot of, a lot of bad habits and, and then behaviors. Habits are behaviors, really. And it's, it's a pretty cool podcast. I did, I did a lot of research to put into this one. Um, well, it's kind of the, wanna, the way I've, I've described it to, you know, people who are asking today. Um, oh, there, there's Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> welcome welcome in we mom got to see jenny we got to see jenny eating her dinner <laughs> and moose is the name i i i i didn't i didn't know um I, I, moose is i think bob's dog isn't it one of bob's dogs no no bob um bob's dog no. is moose is it most charlie and moose i thought it was moose maybe it is moose <laughs> Yeah. What uh, brought that up? Uh, or the name I, I saw was, was Moose. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, let's get to, to Mark's question here. Um, this is one that's super interesting. And, and uh, in typical Mark fashion, he's going to put some uh, words in here that, uh, that I, I can't pronounce. Uh, nicotinamide mononucleotide, which I believe is NMN, has significant... Yeah. Benefits in longevity, protection against heart and brain diseases, and prevention of premature skin aging. Is there a dosage and a brand? Um, I believe this is something that Dr. Dave Sinclair 
um, has been talking a lot about in terms yeah. of anti-aging? Yeah, he was really big on it. You know, I listened to one of his podcast a few months ago. He wasn't as big on it as he as he is uh, something like um, rapamycin uh, for aging. But a lot of people really like it. There just haven't been as many studies on it uh, because it is a supplement, not a prescription medicine. But um, it's really, I like it. I mean, it's NMN is a precursor to NAD mm. and NAD plus. And that's where all the action is because that, that is the part that repairs cells and helps in a lot of the um, energy uh, connected with your, uh, mitochondria. So, you know, both of them are, are derivatives of vitamin B3, niacin. Um, and whether you take the form NMN or NAD, NAD uh, plus um, Life Extension has a pretty good one uh, of that generation. And actually, there's a few more that are kind of... Um, a little bit less well-known that, that work pretty well too. Um, and the NMR, I think life science or I think one, I think life science or some, something scientific uh, brand, if you look it up, ranks pretty high, but most people that I know take the life extension uh, NAD plus, and I think it's around 500 milligrams. Um, I know you can go anywhere from 250 to 1,000 milligrams. I think 500 is an average dose of it. But, um, yeah, a lot of people think it's the mm. one of the ultimate supplements for aging well and, you know, can prevent, for example, like we just talked about, uh, sun damage uh, to your skin, which is what I'm trying to correct right now from years of being out in the sun. Um which has its benefits, but it also has its drawbacks if you get burned, like I used to. Um, sun tans are fine, sun burns are bad. But I like NMN and I like NAD plus. They, they're both derivatives of niacin. Um, so they're both they're both good. So more energy, better cellular repair. Is that is that something? Are, are we going to do a, a deeper dive on NMM uh, or nicotinamide mononuclide? Nuclear. Yeah, we can. I'm not sure. We That'd be a to, good podcast. That'd be a good podcast. We've talked a, a lot about NAD plus. Um, maybe you know. Maybe uh, we'll do a common sense on uh, NMN. Thank you, Mark, for uh, that, us which up is on just that. a precursor to um, NAD plus. Yeah, it really is the active form. But uh, certainly, a great question. Uh, thank a lot you of for people that. Love Mark. it. Uh, I see Motaz is in here. Motaz, welcome in. Thank you so much for being with us tonight. Uh, let's get to, uh, let's see, coal miner's daughter. Can you talk about what you know about mast cell activation syndrome and how you di diagnose and treat it? I feel like this has come up a couple times uh, over the yeah, last that's, month. Yeah, that's a fairly rare thing. The mast cells are those cells in your body that um, react to antigens, you know, different different proteins that, that you may have an allergic reaction to. So when you get mast cell, I'm not an expert on mast cell activation syndrome. I just don't see a lot of it. Usually the allergists deal with it, but something triggers, 
triggers it. A lot of people have this thing called multiple chemical sensitivity syndrome also that's probably related somewhat. But um, it's where you're allergic to so much stuff and you get chronically, you have rashes all the time. Your nose is always stuffed up. Um, you have brain fog. It's a bad syndrome. Um, and it may lead to a lot of other things like uh, gut dysfunction and and a lot of that stuff. It's, it's I don't see a lot of it, and it's hard to diagnose. Um, you, I usually, if I suspect it, I send somebody to an allergist for all these immunoglobulin tests and things like that that I don't do a lot of. Um, treating it's tough. I mean, first of all, you try to balance the gut, eliminate those antigens or allergens that you that you that trigger it, and then you may need to be uh, desensitized through it through uh, either allergy shots or, or uh, there can be some other stuff. I mean, you can always use antihistamines and things like that, and maybe H two blockers. Um, anything that's more an antihistamine may help, but the main thing is um, try to find out what causes it and see if you can, through diet and avoidance of certain allergies, uh, treat it. Something I've used for it in the past is LDN, something we just talked about. I think that helps as well as, you know, regulating your gut. Remember, everything starts in your gut, but, you know, I apologize that I don't treat a lot of that. And if you've got, if you've been diagnosed with it, you probably need to see a specialist. Mm. And then maybe somebody that's maybe thinks outside the box a little bit like I do with certain things like uh, uh, LDN. Um, and there's another one uh, called Dehist that I like it. That's a supplement made by Orthomolecular. It's a pretty good one for that. Coal Miner's Daughter, thank you so much for that question. Um, if you need us to follow up on anything, uh, shoot me an email. Um, Sometimes you can do yeah. a blood count if you have a really high eosinophil count. That can be a clue to it. But I think most it's a clinical diagnosis. Super interesting. Great uh, thank question. You. Thank you for that question. Uh, let's get to Allison here on Facebook. Uh, does L-arginine help with fertility in the male and or female? Yeah, a lot of people think it does. Um, uh, along with L-citrulline, you know, they promote uh, nitric oxide uh, promotion, which is great for male or female fertility. It increases blood supply to the testicles and the ovaries. So that's the way a lot of people think it works. Um, so um, it also um, helps build muscle in both sexes. So it's a really good supplement. Um, all right. Thank you for that Great question. Thank you for that. Allison, uh, let's, I, I want to put this up here. Shout out to, to mama B's place, getting her first pellet today. Uh, let us know, uh, how, how it goes. We've, I uh, tell you what, I, I think, did you say, once say that, um, you know, that's one of the things that you've gotten the most thank for is, uh, is pellets, uh, in women. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if women are on hormone replacement, therapy, they really ought to consider pellets. I think it's just the best way to get hormones, especially in females, because mama B will know it doesn't, doesn't barely hurt. It takes about a minute to get them in. 
and they last usually four months. Um, you get a nice even release, and it just seems to to work better. I know when Jenny got hers from, from the cream to the pellet, she said it was like night and day in the way she felt. And when they when they run out, you'll know it. Um, uh, well, in about well, four months, you'll be coming back in for more. Uh, Mama Bees, um, we're, we're certainly uh, proud of you. Keep us posted on uh, on how you're feeling. Um, and with that, uh, she has a great question here I'm going to put up. Uh, want to try bromelain to possibly shrink nasal polyp. What dosage would you recommend? I have 500 milligram capsules by natural factors. Yeah, that's about the right dose. And they, you know, that in combination with um, maybe a nasal steroid, flucinamide, uh, is a good combination uh, to shrink those nasal polyps down because you don't want to have to have surgery for that unless you just can't uh, get along with you. You know, you're the second person today that's asked me about bromelain for, for uh, nasal polyps. Interesting. Believe it or not. Uh, all right. Thank you for that so question. Try it. It's not gonna hurt. It's not gonna hurt you. Thank you for that question, Mama Bee's place. Uh let's get to my man Stan is asking, does drinking water affect blood sugar for type two diabetes? Um, yeah, it should help it. You know, it'll balance out your sugars a little bit. That's one reason in a type one diabetic, when they're going into DKA, diabetic ketoacidosis, all they do they want to do is drink water. Um, to kind of balance those sugars down because they're losing so much water. So, yeah, I mean, one thing I, one of my, I don't like to use New Year's resolutions, but when I walked into my office today, Sherry always has me at my big, tall thing of water, my Yeti full of water. And I've told her I'm not leaving that office this year unless I've drank two full ones. Uh, so, I think it does help your blood sugar. If you want to do an experiment, you know, get a get a continuous glucose monitor like a Freestyle Libre and experiment around with it a little bit. Um, I know I did, and it seemed to help it when I drank more water. All right, people in the in the Kingsport office, let's hold Doc to that. Uh, let's make sure he doesn't leave the office without two of those uh, two of those bottles done. And I'm going to put this up from Rose. Uh, loving my pellet, no more hot flashes. That's amazing. Thank you for uh, putting Great. that in there, Rose. Um, and this is for all the Vol fans. Uh, the Vols are currently up. All right. Thank you, Bianca, for keeping us oh, posted here. That's right. I forgot they are they playing Mississippi State tonight. Are they Mississippi State? No, nah, I, I guess it, it Ole Miss. Ole Maybe it's Ole Miss. No, Ole Miss was Maybe a couple so. days ago. Um, so I, I bet it is Mississippi State. Uh, thank you for that, Maybe Bianca. Keep us. Oh, that's great. I hope we got we have a good team this year, and I think we're going to end up with our football team ranked about four, aren't we? Yeah, we should be. We should be. We had a great uh, Orange Bowl a couple days ago. Um, all right, uh, let's get to the next question here. Uh, I actually didn't know this, Katie. Uh, ben C, Fran, and Katie all do grounding at lunch. I think that's amazing. Um, I, I I need to read this book and. Uh, start to consider this um all right let me try it let me see where i'm at here let's go to julie ray uh she's asking semaglutide injections versus semaglutide trochies which is better um i didn't know there was trochies is there uh have you done this i haven't seen it or used a trochie yet with this uh, i'd say maybe one of the compounders is making it now 
As I would say it would really relate to you probably have to do the trochies daily, kind of like you do rebelsis, but I can see it. I can see them making them. So if you just have an aversion to shots, um, you know, you could certainly try it. Um, my dad, who was a physician, as you know, he told me that an injection always works better than a pill. I'll never forget him telling me that. Um, is this is this in regards to? I remember that. Is this in regards to B twelve? Because I know, uh, you know, he had. Now it's a well known story to me around the. Uh, oh yeah. The three B12. phases of B twelve with the doctor. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. obviously B twelve comes in in shot form. Um, so that's super yeah. interesting. Yeah, I know this is. Yeah, he did tell me that B twelve story as well. But th this is all shots, like antibiotics, anything. Interesting. So I think a shot is usually more effective. Um, than a pill overall. Yeah. Um, you can, you can look at it like an intravenous infusion or shot works better than anything in getting in there because it gets a hundred percent in your cells. Then an intramuscular injection, sub Q injection, lastly, and then maybe a sublingual under the tongue and then, then a swallowing pill. I would say that's the order from most effective to least effective. Just like vitamin, like vitamin C, when you take a pill of vitamin C, only 20% of it gets to the cell. You take an IV injection in your vein intravenously, 100% of it gets to the cell. Yeah. Super interesting. Uh, Julie Ray, thank you for uh, for that question there. And uh, we'll have to look more into the semaglutide trochies. Um, yeah, well, I'm sure they're going to make them. Let's uh, see here. Um, where am I at? Uh, Jasmine, I see you. Our esthetician in Knoxville is, is, hey, uh, is in the comments there. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, Jasmine. Um, all right, let's get to um, the next question. Um, actually, I want to put this up just for uh, the people who are on Facebook and can't see this. Uh, from Coal Miner's Daughter, my granny, who will turn 100 years old this year, wholeheartedly believes that staying connected to the ground and putting your hands and feet in the earth uh, is a key to a good life. I think that's amazing. That is my mom also said that man was meant to work in the dirt. Get mm. your hands in the dirt. Um, and I think that's very true from both a mental and a physical aspect. Yeah. I think it helps. There's a great book called eat dirt <laughs> that, uh, that tells about how you should not avoid being exposed to the dirt I mean, people think of it as dirty, but it's actually great, great for you. Don't eat it, but, you know, you should eat stuff that comes out of the dirt, you know, unless you can't digest it, which super, is true for some people. Super cool, and, and uh, thank you so much for that, uh, Coal Miner's Daughter. That's amazing. Uh, Lisa's asking, what might, what might cause tingling in your arms and fingers? It's not a constant happening, so it seems this is um, – uh, a little more uh, periodically. Um, what's your thoughts on this? It could be a lot of things. Um, it could be a pinched nerve from your neck. Um, it could be elevated blood sugars, diabetes. Um, that use is going to be in your feet too. Um, pinched nerve, some kind of neuropathy. I mean, you know, you can get a worst case scenario. I mean, even if it's really bad and it's, you know, maybe associated with some motor dysfunction, you know, even something like MS could cause it. 
um, which we see more in women than we do men, but, uh, but uh, hopefully not MS. But um, it just depends. You can get, um, you know, studies, EMGs to see uh, uh, where it's blocked off or where it might be uh, compromised. You may have carpal tunnel. You may have um, a little stenosis in your cervical spine. Um, so see if you have neck problems, see if your blood work's normal. Um, then you can make, consider nerve conduction studies to see uh, uh, how long it takes for those impulses to travel. That's not, a, that's not a fun thing to get done. They stick needles in you and then put current down it and measure the time it takes to get down to your digits. But, um, you know, definitely if it's one-sided, you may I'll think about doing that and maybe even getting the MRI of your neck um, or spine. Uh, Lisa, thank you so much for, for that question. Let's go. Could to also be a B6 deficiency. You know, try, try taking a little bit of B6. That's a good, just a hundred milligrams. See what happens. That helps neuropathies. A hundred milligrams of B6. I hope that helps Lisa. Uh, let's get to, uh, Megan's um, question here, I'm 58 years old and I did HR therapy, hormone replacement therapy for two years due to menopause related issues. It seemed to help some, but my doctor is not a hormone replacement fan. I stopped because I've heard such conflicting things about hormones. I've gained 15 pounds, which is a lot for me. Any thoughts? Uh, I know you got lots of thoughts uh, around this, um, but first of all, uh, Megan, thank you so much for uh, this question because uh, uh, so many, I, I know my, myself, so many people who are in the same situation uh, with, with hormone replacement therapy. So, uh, Doc, kind of. Great question. I, I, I run into this every day. Your doctor's not a fan of it because they're not knowledgeable about it. It's a basic thing. A lot of times when doctors aren't knowledgeable about something, they don't study it. They don't uh, work with it every day. They poo-poo it because it's not absolutely mandatory and but it's so necessary in my opinion um you know they're probably going by studies that were done 30 years ago that were bad studies um here's what i'll tell you about hormones why i'm a big fan of them because here's a fact as your hormones decline you decline in every way it's like nature saying to you you're finished reproducing start dying the problem is we're living a long time. So if you only live that second half your life without hormones, you're going to get brittle. You're going to age a lot faster. Believe it or not, you're more likely to get cancer and heart disease. Now, everybody got scared off of hormone replacement therapy, women, um, about 13 years ago when the Women's Health Initiative came out. And that was a, that was a tragedy to American women that that study was described as it was. Um, but in that study, using Primrin and Primpro, um, they came out with this big statement that there was a 25% increase in breast cancer. Well, it turns out that, number one, that wasn't even a hormone study. It was a cardiac study. Uh, the majority of the women in that study were 17 years past menopause, and they were using Primrin and Primpro. 
Now with the primarin only, and again, that those are synthetic hormones. We don't use those kind of hormones. We use bioidentical hormones that come from plants that are identical to what you put out before when your ovaries were working. So they were using primarin and primpro. Primarin comes from pregnant horse urine. The progesterone part is medroxyprogesterone, which is not a good thing. You know, it's a dangerous substance. It's, has, it's not related to, to natural progesterone. But anyway, interestingly, in that primarin-only arm of the study, where they only use primarin, it was actually less breast cancer. So therefore, you'd have to say estrogen does not cause breast cancer. Now, you don't want to give estrogen to a woman who already has breast cancer, um, but it does not cause breast cancer. Now, when they did the study with the Prim Pro, with the Primarin and the Medroxyprogesterone, the incidence of breast cancer went from four women per thousand to five women per thousand. Four women per thousand got breast cancer without taking anything. Using the Prim Pro, five women per thousand got breast cancer. So they called that a 25% increase in breast cancer. I don't know how in the world they got that statistic. Listen to Dr. Atiyah's opinion on this. Yeah. Um, but anyway, um, so it was a bogus study, harmed a lot of women. Um, and it's just not true. And so they're scared of it because they don't know much about it. It also makes, whenever I put any woman on any kind of hormone replacement, I want to make sure they have an up-to-date mammogram. Or if they just refuse to get a mammogram, I'm going to do a thermography. But, I mean, it's, it's, it's a way to follow things anyway. But the other thing about that Women's Health Initiative study, half the women in that study were smokers, half the women were obese, besides being 17 years postmenopausal. Guys, that's what causes cancer is obesity and smoking, not bioidentical hormones. So please think about that. You know, if you're a middle-aged woman like you are, if you take bioidentical hormones in midlife where you are, you're half as likely to get dementia as if you don't and way less likely to get heart disease, which is the number one killer of women as well as men. Why do you think women don't get heart disease before age 50 mm -hmm. like men do? Because they have protective estrogen. Um, so uh, those are something. And here's what I want you to go read a book all about women's hormones. It's called Women's Hormones by Dr. Pam Smith. Yep. To me, she's kind of the guru in the world of women's hormones. So uh, your doctor's just not educated enough on hormones. It's interesting, most of your gynecologists are not educated on it. They believe the old rhetoric from the Women's Health Initiative many years ago, and they haven't looked into it. Um, it's just really, you got to take a deep dive on it. You got to have some experience with it. So what they ought to say is, I'm not, I don't deal with that much. Let me send you somebody who I trust that does deal with it a lot and is going to do a good job with that. But it gives you so many advantages as you age not only for, you know, your brain and your bones and your heart, but from your skin, from your energy to your libido, to building muscle, burning fat, um, those type of things. So I hope that's a long-winded answer to your question, but that's the way I feel about it. 
No, it's a, it's a great answer there. And, and Megan, thank you so much for putting this question in uh, because it's, a, it's just such a common one. It's amazing uh, how many um, women feel the exact same way. So, uh, so thank you for uh, starting that conversation uh, with us here on the Performance Medicine Show. Um, let's, get to, let's keep going here. Um, uh, let's see here. I'm going to get this from Josh. Uh, Joshua, on YouTube, I uh, was recently placed on 200 milligrams of testosterone enanthate and have been having issues with a very itchy rash that has flared up since uh, start two weeks ago. Should I look at moving to the pellet to avoid this? Uh, what's your thoughts on this? Yeah, I don't know if it's the first time. If you, you know, the most common form of testosterone is cypionate. Um, enanthate, um, I use a lot of, especially if cypionate causes acne or swelling of the lower extremities, which it can rarely. So enanthate, um, in those cases, I'll put people on enanthate. But um, so what I would probably do is see if cypionate causes the same thing before I would do the pellets. Because once the pellets are in, they're in. We could take them out. Knock on wood, I've never had to take a pellet out, male or female. Um, but before I'd put that in, I'd probably tricipinate, but most likely the pellet is going to be better for you anyway. It gives a, a more even release and it's really a more pure form of bioidentical testosterone. So I do like the pellets better, but uh, for males or females. So let us know what happened with the cypionate. And first of all, stop the anathate, see if it goes away, see if the itchy rash goes away. It could be something else. So, and then tricipinate for two or three weeks. It comes back, you'll know, hmm, I can't take those two forms of testosterone. You know, we could even try, you know, a testosterone cream, which in men I don't like as much as the shots or pellets, but we could do that just to see if you had any kind of itching with that before we committed to put, you know, six months worth of pellets in you. Um, so that's kind of what, why I look at it. So stop it for a while, try cypionate, it does fine on that, stay on that. If it doesn't, try the cream, you do great on the cream, go to the pellets, which I think are much more effective than the creams. Uh, it seems Josh was, was on cypionate first, then was moved to the blend because the acne was horrible. This is the third cycle. Okay, that makes okay. sense. Okay, so, yeah, there you go. I figured they'd use cypionate first. Um, so stop it and see if the rash goes away first. And then we'll use a bioidentical cream, not the androgel or, or, or testum. I'd, I'd use a, a, a compounded bioidentical pure hormone cream that we can get compounded for you. And then if you do well on that, um, then we'll put pellets in you. All right, Josh, hope that helps. Um, let's go to, I, I want to make sure we get um, this question in. Let's see. And, and Penny, I, I'm not sure if, if I'm uh, reading this correctly or not, so let me know if I'm if I'm wrong here. Uh, the question is, can you be healed with high secretary IGA? Uh, secretory, do you know what that is, Doc? Am I? Secretory IGA. Yeah, it's an immunoglobulin A, which is, you see, find that more in the mucous membranes. Um, I mean, a lot of the, a lot of the things that we do both with the gut, which is a mucous membrane, and sinuses, nose, etc. cetera. Uh, there is a very protective effect of it. Um, 
you know, you don't want it too high or too low. And uh, so th there's a lot of uh, experimenting around to see uh, with this stuff, but um, it's just a really interesting topic. Uh, I don't know what you mean be healed with from chronic sinus or gut or what, but, um, you know, so you just have to get with us. And sometimes we'll do, rarely I do it, but immunoglobulin studies and see. A lot of it has to do with gut function. Mm -hmm. um, and you can even do a GI. Map. If it's gut problems, you're talking about healing your gut, I suggest getting a GI map and looking at those levels. Great question, though. Uh, thank you for uh, that question, Penny. If, if we missed anything, go ahead. You can put in the comments and we'll uh, get to that. Um, I want to put this in from uh, my brother, Steve. I get so much from my garden. Uh, he has a beautiful garden, by the way. Uh, I go there to change my mood or to get gratitude up. It works. Love putting my hands in the dirt. That's awesome. Uh, such a good practice. Uh, thank you for putting that There's in there. There's two Steve. things Steve loved to get his hands on. One is the dirt. The other one's uh, sourdough bread. You know, even when I make up the sourdough, I need it. I feel so good. It goes between your fingers and just makes you feel good. Uh, it seems tastes even better. Tastes even better. Seems yeah, good. Okay. And yep. uh, get a GI map. Get a GI map, Penny, and see where you. Um, so it seems she's been to oh, the office. Okay. Levels are high. Okay. Yep. So if you've had a GI map, you need to talk to Robin. Uh, if she can't heal your guts, you're going to have a hard time getting it healed. But um, a lot of times, uh, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with that, with bouncing that gut microbiome. Um, so that's a great, great question. I hope, I hope we can help you with this. Um, we'll look into it a, a little further. I'll have to check and see what studies you've had done. Uh, Penny, thank you for, uh, for putting those questions in there. Uh, let's see. I know I'm kind of all over the place, but I want to get to as many as possible. Uh, I have recently been advised that eating protein along with taking rapinirole will reduce rapinirole's effectiveness in helping Parkinson's. Uh, and, Doc, if I mispronounce that, uh, correct me here. Um, do you agree? You know, I don't – again, you're being treated by a neurologist for that. Um, so I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I do not know because I don't use that drug. Um, so – I don't know. You have, you're probably going to have to, I can look into that, but you probably need to ask your neurologist about that. Somebody who uses a lot of it for your Parkinson's. Mm. Um, again, I would, I would think about LDN, look into LDN. If you haven't looked at that uh, to help your Parkinson's, you know, you're, you may be missing out a little bit. Um, so I'm not expert enough on that drug to tell you about how much protein you should eat. Um, thank you for putting that in there. Allison, let's move to, to Teresa here. Um, so how do we go about getting the vitamin C IV versus the, the uh, PO pill form? Uh, and this is in response to needles versus oral. Um, yeah. Uh, so there are, yeah. there's uh, high-dose vitamin C uh, IVs. You can get that at a practice like ours uh, or others. There's plenty of people who do that. Uh, I think, what's the test called? A G6PD that you need? Yeah. Before you get a high-dose pharmacy, you need a, a blood test called a G6PD one time only because there's a rare one in a million uh, problem with that um, that could cause a little um, 
bleeding, but that's rare as hen's teeth. But I don't think I've ever seen one. But anyway, uh, with, with the amount of vitamin C in a Myers, you don't even need to do that. But, um, for example, Myers has about eight grams of uh, vitamin C in it. Uh, that's 8,000 milligrams, eight grams, a hundred percent of which is going into your cells versus say you take a high dose, say a thousand, 2000, uh, milligrams of oral vitamin C, only 20% of that's going. So vitamin C is a great healer. It really is. I, I can't tell you how many times I've gotten a Myers cocktail when I've been sick or just felt really tired, jet lagged, whatever. And it really boosts me up. Um, you know, I had COVID, I got one every, every day for five straight days and, you know, just sailed along with it. So uh, thank you for, uh, for that question there, Teresa, uh, let's, let's keep going here so we can get as many in as possible. Uh, I think, uh, where am I at? I want to get this from Gwen. I know I got one in my email too. Um, I have a family member who was diagnosed with pancreatitis and hospitalized for six days. She is otherwise healthy and in her 30s. CT scans and MRIs were normal, but lipase was 3,000. Doctor could not find the cause, but assumes it, it might have been a virus that caused it. Any thoughts? Yeah, it could have been. Um, could have been a virus. It could have been, hopefully they ruled out, I'm sure they ruled out gallstone pancreatitis. Um, and hopefully triglycerides are normal. Don't drink alcohol. Don't eat a lot of fatty meals um, with that. Um, you know, sometimes we just don't know why they had an episode of that. Um, but certainly you always think about viruses as precipitants mm. of uh, a major thing like that. Pancreatitis is not fun. Sometimes, you know, that can throw your... Um, your beta cells off too. So you need to look at your blood sugars and look at your metabolic, uh, you know, panels, look at, and make sure your liver's working right and make sure those lipase and amylase levels come down to normal. Hopefully it wasn't any kind of medicine that precipitated it. Um, but, uh, sometimes we don't find that because it, you start to test for all these weird viruses. Um, but it sure could have, sure could have been if it's nothing obvious. Great observation, though. Uh, thank you for that, Glenn. Uh, sorry, Gwen. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, let's get to this question that came on email uh, real quick. It's a little, it's it's long, so I'm just going to go ahead and, and read it here. Um, our 53-year-old daughter has recently been diagnosed with lung cancer that has metastasized to her liver. She lost her husband two years ago and has three sons with one still in high school. From our research, chemo and immunotherapy alone do not lead to a very positive outcome. She has started chemo and immunotherapy last week. How would we find an MD or medical expert that could work with her to add appropriate nutrients and natural medicines to boost her immune system? We are seeking any option that might help her find a path to a cure or at least a method to stabilize the cancer until a better option arrives. Um, I, I say that because I know you have thoughts around this. Um, you know, you're, uh, a blend of the traditional with alternative. Um, so how, how do you approach this? Uh, first of all, we're, we're, we're thinking about your daughter, uh, certainly praying for. Yeah, certainly. I'm sorry to hear about that. Um, 
But one thing, don't lose hope for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely go with the traditional treatments at first and see how they're progressing. And I think if I had any form of cancer, the first thing, a couple of things I would do, number one, I'd get on a ketogenic diet. Mm-hmm. Um, remember, cancer loves sugar. So at least cut out all sugars and even a keto diet I would do. Um, and I would think about uh, getting some IV vitamin C treatments um, as the next step. You don't usually want to do that when you're on chemotherapy, although sometimes uh, some of the oncologists will. I've even had a couple of them send patients to me to give them an IV vitamin C during the chemotherapy. That's not real common, but um, so that's something you could consider. And there's also some other alternative treatments, um, you know, more holistic type things that using uh, antifungals and and herbs that may help a little bit. Um, you know, you could even go to one of our podcasts with Joel uh, that did a, I think you did an outside the box with him. Uh, he's a PhD that kind of almost kind of cured his own cancer, throat cancer yep. uh, by using, he did the traditional treatment and also added some alternative stuff. Uh, uh, so that's yeah. something that needs to be looked into. You know, we'll be glad to help out if we can, or there, there's a, a center in Asheville, North Carolina that does a pretty good job with this too. Mm. Um, they deal a lot with that. And I'll, I'll have to find out. I don't know their number, even their, I can't recall their name off the bat, but I've had a few patients go there uh, for more of a holistic approach to it. But certainly don't ignore the traditional stuff and think about some things you can do with uh, the gut and maybe some vitamin C. Um, thank you for, for that question, and thank you for that answer, Doc. I know that's uh, something that people approach you a lot with, just with that sort of question, how to approach it. Um, so thank you for sharing kind of uh, the way you'd look at it. Um, let's go. Uh, we got a couple more minutes here, guys. And I know uh, Barbara's asking, what is grounding? Uh, real quickly, um, how, would you, how would you describe grounding for Barbara? Oh, that's just connecting your body with the earth. Um, you know, one thing is the simplest form, just walking with your bare feet in the dirt. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, because of the, the it's all has to do with electricity. Your body is an electrical circuit. It really is. Think about your heartbeat. It's driven by electricity. Um, every cell has a mechanism in it that it relies on to produce energy. It's called the electron transport chain. And, but grounding from anywhere from walking in the dirt to um, wearing moccasins instead of rubber shoes. Um, You know, like I I said, I have a mattress pad that's grounded. It's, it's, you actually plug it into a grounding outlet in your, in your outlet. And it, it just brings the, the, electrons which are negative charges into your body which um it really is a scavenger for free radicals that do all this oxidative damage so it acts like it it decreases inflammation which causes all diseases so i think it's helpful Mm. Uh, but read it read that book you'll you'll get a good take on it by uh, the book earthing by clinton ober i got it right here read that book barbara 
Um, thank you for that, Barbara. Um, earthing there, we've got the, uh, I don't think we have a link in the comments, but we do have the title in the comments. Uh, let's get this to Stan, uh, Stan real quick, and we'll get Dr. Reich uh, coming up here. Um, let's see here. Will vitamin C shots jack up your blood sugar? Um, so the way I understand it, Stan, is you know vitamin C is, is through an IV. Uh, there is vitamin D shots. Is there vitamin C shots as well? Am I, am I off there? Probably talking about IV vitamin C. Yeah. It can. So one thing that I do when I'm given a, an IV vitamin C, um, I never check a blood sugar in a diabetic while they're getting it because it can make it go high or low. It's not accurate when you're getting, you're actually in the process of getting it in your veins. So, but I just don't run into a problem with that. I mean, you know, I've got two diabetic kids and they, they get Myers cocktail occasionally. They don't, it doesn't seem to affect, affect their sugar too, too much at all. But if you're a brittle diabetic and you, you know, you, you're getting a, a high dose vitamin C again, high dose vitamin C, we're not going to use unless you've got a serious problem. Um, a Myers cocktail, almost anybody can get. Um, but, uh, Anyway, so the IV vitamin C um, possibly could if you're a brittle diabetic. And then don't check your sugars while you're getting it because it won't be accurate. Um, All right. Thank you. Great for, question. Though. Great question there, Stan. Uh, I see uh, Katie's got your, your question there, Bianca, around the, the Myers cocktail. Uh, thank you for that, Katie. Um, let's see. Let's get Dr. Ike on, and uh, we will let's see. close out the, the show. Come here. Here, you go. here he is. There's Dr. Ike. And I, you know, Lisa, Lisa Lisa's asking, where's Dr. Oh Ike? Um, right there he is. There's Dr. Ike. There he is. Uh, what's up, buddy? Uh, he's, he's just hungry. <laughs> uh, for, those new, for those new to the show, we bring on Dr. Ike uh, at the end of every episode of the Performance Medicine Show. Uh, he kind of closes it out. He's our outro. Um, he does ground. He does grounding every day. That's why he's so healthy. He's he's a huge fan of grounding. <laughs> yeah, he loves to ground. Uh, I can't see your face now. Where's the? There we go. Yeah, Doctor Ike messed my earplugs up. I, I want to put this up here for the people who are still with us. Uh, this is something that uh, we've we've talked a lot about on this show, and I just want to put it up for uh, if I can find it. Um, let's see. Um, Allison ordered a saffron from Life Extension. Um, this is something we've been talking a ton about on this show. Uh, saffron. Good. I love saffron. You I use love it for saffron. weight loss, anxiety, just tons of different things. So, uh, I Allison, didn't know keep we, us. I didn't know we uh, were out of it, but uh, we try to keep big stock in our office. So you can order it, you know, through Life Extension. But yeah, I think you'll really like it. Yep. Yep. It's just a really good without any side effects um i don't just don't think i've ever seen anybody with side effects uh, but uh allison keep us posted on that uh roel i love you man thank you for being here uh i see man i there's so many uh i, I want to give a, a couple carla thank you for for being in here uh penny great questions joshua i really hope that helps man uh thanks so much for for uh for that thoughtful question and uh motaz uh with the the great comment around you know, this, um, you know, the Women's Health Initiative, um, you know, we, we, we feel pretty strongly that it really hurt a lot of, uh, 
really a, a generation of women. Um, I did. Yeah. So, uh, so, so thank you for, uh, for, for that comment there. And thank you doc for kind of walking us through the women's health initiative and, uh, and kind of the consequences of it. Uh, anyways, guys, uh, doc, anything you want to add before we sign off? No, I just hope everybody has a great 2023. We're trying to make it a healthier year and, um, you know, let's focus on sleep and gut function. And I see uh, Robert's want more information on that Asheville, North Carolina Center. Uh, so okay, we'll try to get that to you. Uh, uh, just I got email us and then I'll get that to you. We'll we'll get that okay. to you there, Robert. Um, we'll get you information on the Asheville, North Carolina Center. Uh, all right, guys, we're going to call it a show. Thank you all so much for hanging out with us this evening. This is the Performance Medicine Show uh, where we answer your health and wellness question. We do this every single Tuesday at 7. Uh, thank you so much to the, for the people, first-timers. Thank you so much for the people who uh, are with us every single week. Uh, Katie Gagley, thank you so much for being in the comments and uh, being such a resource for everyone that's with us live. I see Jasmine Allman, our esthetician. Thank you for hanging out uh, with us this evening. Uh, to all of our offices, we love you. Thank you for all the work you're doing. Uh, Doc, thank you, man. I know it's thank been you. a long day. Thank you, Ben. Thank you for all the work. All right. And uh, we'll see you soon guys we love you till next time we'll see you next week on the performance medicine show my outro is here I love don't go away Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.